Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. Thank you so much for staying with us. It's six minutes after two o'clock. The Solidarity Fund is committed to the eradication of gender-based violence. And as part of its commitment, we continue ongoing conversations every Monday afternoon discussing topics that will challenge all of us to find solutions towards the ending of gender-based violence, gender-based violence scourge. The hashtag for this conversation is Solidarity for GBV. Now, Libo Mashile is one of the leading voices of the Solidarity Fund's GBV campaign and she joins me now on the line. Many of you would know she's a poet, she's a performer, she's an activist. So, Lebo, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Good afternoon. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. You know, I love you so much. Happy New Year, my friend. <laughs> Happy New Year and thank you for talking to us. I mean, it's it's quite something that it's only the 4th of Jan and, and we have to confront the, the ugliness of, of where we are, who we are, and we obviously are having a conversation about gender-based violence. Mm. Tell me what what made you decide to to make this part of your life's work? Wow. Um, I think growing up in a family uh, of activists definitely shaped my, my worldview. My mother described herself as a feminist for as long as I can remember. So this is not something uh, brand new to me. This is also something that I saw that I was really marinated in. And that really as a child, I think I took for granted mm. until... I became a young woman and an artist, and I started to see the way that uh, women are marginalized. I started to see the importance of feminism in my own lived experience. So then it became a part of my art, and it became a part of the the platforms that I have access to. You know, these are the conversations that I've used uh, mainstream media to have. These are the conversations that I've used my plays to have. Um, And I guess working also in the entertainment industry, and in, and in the arts um, where there is a really high incidence of GBV that is only beginning to come out now, you know, that also, I think, m- intensified um, my passion for the subject mm. and becoming a mom as well. I think mm. when you be- becoming a mom made me realize that at at a very fundamental and institutional level, you know, we we take women for granted, we take caregivers for granted, we take moms for granted, we take people who hold families together for granted, we take uh, women who are who are the the fabric of our society, who who keep people alive, are taken for granted at every single level. So, as as somebody with a voice, as somebody with some kind of power, um, it's important for me to be able to use that voice to speak about this. I think what the Solidarity Fund has done during this um, period of of lockdown. I mean, beginning last year. Um, um, you know, lockdown changed the language around GBV in our country. Mm-hmm. We started to speak about GBV as a parallel pandemic. Mm-hmm. We started to speak about GBV as a scourge. GBV truly became a visible part of our national agenda when we were confronted with what was happening in our homes during the lockdown. So what the Solidarity Fund is doing is really important because uh, the power of social media is immeasurable. It has a multiplier effect on our society. Being able to tell people through uh, messages through Facebook posts, on Twitter, about resources that are available 24-7 that people can turn to for support if they want to get out of an abusive relationship Mm -hmm. or if they know somebody who's in an abusive relationship, you know, because all of us are affected by it. What I love about this campaign is that it's about agency. It's saying to South Africans Mm -hmm. that no matter who you are, 
whether you are the person who's in the abusive relationship or whether you're adjacent next to whether you know that person, you have a responsibility. There is a choice that you can make right now. And that that's what I like about it because it's it's action driven. You know, it's something that you can do. We can touch and feel and see um, its result. And and maybe that leads me to my next question, Libo. To what extent, in all the years that you've been involved in activism, it, to what extent are you concerned about the effectiveness of other campaigns that we've been seeing many, many years of lots of money being poured into billboards and so on? And, and companies mm-hmm. love things like Women's Day and so on. Sure. They love to say that I've, I've ticked that box. To what extent are you concerned about them being effective? Because if, if we were moving somewhere, we would mm. be seeing less and we are not. Mm, I mean... I think we have come to a place when it comes to gender or racism Mm -hmm. or elitism, it has been good enough for a very long time to look like you have the right politics. Mm. It's been good enough to pay lip service to being anti-racist or to caring about women, to being inclusive of people of all genders, to being anti-homophobic. It's been good enough to have that appearance and, and, and that almost buys you the personal space where you can be a misogynist, where you can be racist, where you can be buck wild. So we've lived with this kind of duality, this, hypo- this hypocrisy. I mean, if you can have a, 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 a whole abuser sit on a panel or yeah gender-based violence mm-hmm. in this society mm-hmm. and and we we call that normal we even say that it's a positive step towards change how <laughs> change happens at a very personal internal level we need behavior change in this society at a level where people acknowledge that we are broken that we have been broken by our history, we've been broken by uh, the abuses that we've witnessed, by the abuses that have happened to us. I mean, abuse in this society is one of the things that transcends race, class, you know? Um, It's one of the ties that bind in our society. So there's nobody who's not affected by it. If we can acknowledge at a personal level how it touches us, that is the level at which change happens. Change doesn't happen at the level of lip service. It happens at the level where you realize, I have the power to change my life. I am the person who is sitting with these broken feelings. I am the person who is abusive. I am the person who is beating my wife. Mm-hmm. I am the person who is, who, who, who is still traumatized by the abuse that I have experienced. When that thing happens, then it unlocks something inside of people that makes them realize that they have power. For me, um, I, I'm, I'm, I feel very blessed, you know, because for those of us who work in the creative industries, for artists, for people who know what it is to make something out of nothing, mm. you know, I'm always kind of tapping into the unseen and turning it into something visible, you mm. know. But I think people do that every day of our lives, like moms do that, people who raise families do that, you know, people who manifest their dreams in all kinds of ways do that. If you have made, if you've taken an idea and turned it into a reality, you can change your life and your understanding of gender. You can end gender-based violence as a cycle in your family. In our lifetime, we can actually do that. But we can't do that if we're just going to pay lip service to ending it. And if we're, and we can't do that if we're going to tolerate hypocrisy, if we're going to tolerate known abusers standing on platforms, grandstanding, lying to people, pretending that they are not who they are. If we're going to tolerate that and give people money for doing that, we are never going to see change in this society. So does this country have the will to do that? I, 
I think that we have arrived at a moment in history, global history and South African history, where we have no choice. We are at a moment, we're in a moment of cataclysmic change, you know. I mean, COVID has thrown the world into, into chaos. It, it's turned the planet upside down. And it's forced us to reckon with the existing toxicities in our societies. Countries that have fared well during this period are countries with women leaders. There are also countries that look at their societies as collectives. We as a society have not dealt with the collective trauma of our history that haunts each of us every single day. The way that we treat women in this society, the way that we treat vulnerable people in this society is the same way that we treat the planet. You know, right now we're heading towards an extinction level event, right? The, the, the ice caps are mel- melting. There's global warming. The temperatures of the seas are going up. There's a direct relationship between the way that we take the planet and living things for granted and the way that we treat take women for granted and for some reason you know for some miraculous reason COVID is forcing both of us to confront both you know all of us to confront both at the same time the the, the fact that we have these, these this global virus um is is forcing us to wake up and this is not if we don't change the way that we live if we don't change the way that we run business if we don't undo systematic oppression if we don't change the way that we treat women we are just going to see more and more and more catastrophes like COVID. And how will South Africa cope? We've already seen how South Africa is coping with this crisis, right? Our hospital beds are full. Our COVID numbers are escalating. Uh, our our, our GBV has been exposed as the parallel pandemic in this country. What did the people do? People were busy looting and stealing money, telling us that they're buying a PPE and they're eating the money. We are just going to see more of that as the urgency of change on the planet escalates. So we have no choice but to but to to step up. Otherwise it's a moment of like, you know, I think we are lucky as human beings in the sense that, you know, when the when the meteor millions of years ago hit the dinosaurs and the dinosaurs became extinct, they didn't know that it was coming. Oh now we know that this is coming. We know what is happening to us. We have the benefit of intelligence and perception and we have the opportunity to change. So my I, I hope that we 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 start to um, use the public institutions that people have at their disposal as sites of change. So, you know, the church, um, the arts are a great vehicle for change. Uh, media, um, edu- the education system, you know, the National Strategic Plan on, on gender, on gender-based violence, mm-hmm. it has all of these things there. There are people, the best minds and, and thinkers and practitioners in this field have worked to create this document, you know, so there is a template for this. But I think we have to, we have to read a deeper emotional level to find a true intention for all of South Africa to wake up to the fact that it's everybody's responsibility to do it. It has to be a collective intention. Hmm, you think it's going to happen soon? You know, Pimelo, if I think about the way that conversations have shifted in the last five years, mm-hmm. in the last 10 years, versus 20 years ago, how they've shifted even in the last two years, mm-hmm. how something like, you know, the death of Uyne Nemkwechana mm-hmm. or the death of Winnie Mandela mm-hmm. shifted the conversation on gender. You know, how, how, how we, we've seen these events, we've borne witness to these events, and something, there's an urgency that is escalating. The volume is being turned up, not just for us in South Africa, but also internationally. Look mm-hmm. at the rise of Me Too. Look at the fact that, you you know, Epstein is dead and Harvey Weinstein and R. Kelly are in jail. You mm, know what I mean? Mm. Kofi Olomide could not come into South Africa because he beat a woman, mm, you know? And mm. so so we are seeing, we're beginning to see uh, 
a change in in conversation but also in accountability women and marginalized people are demanding accountability and have the platforms to be able to do so so i i, I and of course there are going to be people who resist there mm-hmm. are going to be people who say we don't care mm-hmm. this is how we've lived we're always going to live like that but those people even those people are not going to be able to run away from their conse- from the consequences of their actions anymore they won't be they won't the, the the space in which they are being rewarded for abusive behavior will become smaller and smaller and smaller and they will become more and more uncomfortable and i'm happy to make them uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll speak to you more about that in a short while. Let me take a, a quick break, Lewin. I'll be back with you in a short while. Lewin Mashile is an activist, a poem, a poet, a performer, and she actually is one of the leading voices of the Solidarity Funds GBV campaign. For this conversation, the hashtag is Solidarity for GBV. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. So the Solidarity Fund is committed to eradication of the gender-based violence in this country. And as part of this commitment, we continue ongoing conversations every Monday afternoon discussing topics that will change and challenge all of us to come up with a lasting solution on gender-based violence in this country. So the hashtag for this conversation is Solidarity for GBV. And Lebo Mashile is in conversation with me this afternoon. You can be a part of it on 011-714-2006. She's one of the leading voices of the Solidarity Funds GBV campaign. She's an activist, she's a poet, she's a performer. And we're talking about gender-based violence and really just broadening the conversation on what needs to be done for this to finally end. And and the wolf just said to me before we went to the break that, you know, she's happy to fight everybody until we get to the bottom of this. I, I get that we are moving ahead with getting people to account and accountability mm-hmm. and we're holding people uh, to account. Globally, we're doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering what it's going to take to change behavior by the perpetrators, because the problem with the perpetrators, especially in this country, is that they're not far between. They're not few and far between. Right? No. Yeah. There's so many. They are everywhere. So yeah. it's imperative for us to even get that right. Yeah. Yeah. Um and you know, it's it's extremely challenging and it's not it's not the one dimensional problem. So the solution can never be one dimensional. What gives me hope is when you see a public figure being outed for abuse that has been going on for decades and finally having to lose uh, a campaign or having to lose money, having to lose jobs, you know, Um, watching the head of a radio station with 400 counts of sexual misconduct and financial misconduct against him finally resign Mm -hmm. from his position, you know? Um, And it's, I mean, it's difficult, Pimelo, because you're right. It is, it's pervasive. When I talk about these people, I'm talking about people that I respect. I'm talking about my peers. I'm talking about people who've given me work, you know? Mm -hmm. And the consequences Mm -hmm. of speaking about these Mm -hmm. things are also hectic because, Mm. again, these guys are everywhere. So, you know, this this has a direct impact on my bread and butter. Mm -hmm. It it, it has a direct impact on on my work life, on my ability to feed my children, walking into a rehearsal room and seeing an actor that I've called out for abuse. Mm -hmm. You know, what happens in that moment, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So I I understand It, it 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 is incredibly overwhelming. But I also think it is it's equally important to acknowledge the fact that the space 
is it's shifting. There is after Unenem Kwechana died, and that list of what like ten thousand men of, of of men who have raped. I mean, young black women coming online and saying this is what happened to me. We are in a space now where women can go online and talk about acts of sexual violence that have happened against them, and more likely than not, they will be believed. And the people who come out and try to abuse them for for speaking about this openly then get a tidal wave of abuse from their supporters. That didn't happen 10 years ago, you know? So, I mean, we're only scratching the surface. Um, And I think we have to also really dig deep to try to understand and to maybe re- reimagine what accountability looks like mm. because it is so pervasive we also cannot throw these men away you know what i mean mm. like i mean if, if if we threw away and canceled every perpetrator you know what are yeah. we going to do about our own fathers what are we going to do about the fathers of our children what are we going to do about you know what are we going to do about ourselves right um but it's about not glossing over demanding true accountability what does true accountability look like it looks like acknowledgement it looks like atonement. It looks like a genuine apology. It looks like a commitment to behavior change. It looks like the evidence of behavior change. You have to hit all of those marks yeah. for you to truly be accountable. Accountability is not you being arrested last year and then standing on a GB panel this year, on mm. a GBV panel this year. Accountability is not you waking up as a sugar daddy with a young girl in your bed and then standing on stage in parliament talking about you know gender parity and gender equality. We need true true accountability. So, I, I mean, I think we, there's a lot of psychological and emotional work that needs to be done in this country to undo the damage that yeah. was done to us. But if that is possible, if we have been damaged, it means, it, you know, if that, if that damage was done deliberately to us, then it can also be undone. We mm-hmm. don't have to sit in this place of damage. It, so, it was by design. So, so if we are not able to cancel everybody and you make a good point because my goodness if we were to try we'll have no one left right Mm -hmm. so what kind of an inclusive conversation should we start having now i think first and foremost we need an environment where we have i would love to see powerful visible men that people look up to you know at Mm -hmm. every level of society Mm -hmm. Stand up and own up to their own abuse. Mm. Stand up and own up to their own nonsense. Stand up and own up to the stuff that they have done. You know, the first level is is admitting, mm. admitting to yourself, admitting publicly, admitting to the person that you abused that this happened, mm-hmm. and then apologizing genuinely, not a conditional apology, not oh, not apologizing if I made you feel bad or if you are <laughs> sad because apologizing, <laughs> saying I hurt you, I did that, and I acknowledge what it did to you and I am so sorry I I, I am sorry and then accepting the fact that a a victim a survivor of abuse has the right to react whatever way they want to react Mm. if you want to uh, accept that person back in your life that's up to you if you don't want to accept that person back in your life that's up to you if you're not even ready to be confronted by that person that is up to you and the perpetrator also has to accept that as well that when you when you account for your behavior you cannot control the reaction of the person that you have abused that is up to them if they give you forgiveness and allow you back in their life that is a huge amount of grace that you need to be thankful to them and to your god for you know but they don't owe you that you're not owed gigs 
because you owned up to beating up somebody. So, you're so, not owed jobs. You're not owed applause. You're not owed an award. What you are owed is your place in our community again. And look, and look, thing, that place is conditional because you have to show us as your community that you are safe in the community again, which means we need to see behavior change. So, we need to see that you are a different person. So, you know, let's take this slowly because let's take this as a learning opportunity. I know I chuckled a little bit there, but I think really (laughs) it's funny to me because it's so obvious. But the fact that people do it over and over and over again simply says to me they don't get it. So let us just guide and walk this through with them because I would like to see more people show up and say, yes, I have been part of the problem. I really would like to see that. But, you know, your guide to how not to do it, Libu, because this is the problem. You know, we, we, we take a couple of steps forward and then we take a couple of steps back because they get defensive when you say, but, mm, you know, that's not quite the way it should be done. Right. So how should they be doing it? Just slowly for us. OK, so I think first and foremost, all of us need to acknowledge that darkness and toxicity lives in each of us. Each of us is, 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 is toxic in different ways. We all have a shadow mm-hmm. in us that is, is the, you know, the hard parts that we don't want to accept about ourselves, mm-hmm. right? So I think once you acknowledge that that thing exists in everybody, it's a lot easier to face your own shadow, mm-hmm. the way that it manifests in you, you know? And this is where things like therapy also really help, you know? Being able to dig into what happened to me, mm-hmm. what made me the way that I am, what experiences or traumas or significant events in my life have shaped the person that I have become, you know? Um, because once you see that, then you also, you can, you can also see how you have been on the receiving end of behavior, of treatment that shaped the way that you now behave and treat other people as well you know so and there are many tools and resources that are available to people out there you know there's all kinds of therapies all kinds of healing modalities you know if 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 you are if you are really serious about this process you know and i think all south africans should be because all of us are in some way Mm. traumatized Mm. you know so i mean once you can acknowledge the fact that i have i'm a traumatized person then it's easier to be able to look at how you have traumatized other people and i'm not saying that that is by any means like something that that that's easy to do you know it's it's a it's a difficult process to own what we have done to other people you know Mm -hmm. um but when you get to that place where you are ready to do that or even if you have a a willingness in your heart to do it you know Mm -hmm. when you finally do it do it unconditionally Mm -hmm. lay the cards all on the table state what you did the way that you did it and apologize for that bare fact. Don't add your own embellishment. Don't think for the other person. Don't add what the other person did that made you do what you did. That In that moment, that's not the time for it. When you are apologizing for your behavior, take 100% full responsibility for your behavior you know so don't 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 uh superimpose your beliefs on the person don't say things like and a lot of people do this uh if i hurt you Mm. or i know you feel bad Mm. uh if i made you feel uh sad or if i i like no don't do that (laughs) say what you did own up to what you did and apologize for what you did. And then, and this is really difficult as well, have no expectations mm. about the outcome. Mm-hmm. Have mm-hmm. none, you know? Because people, just as 
each of us has 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 been you know formed and shaped by our environments we're at different levels of processing and understanding and dealing with our lives and what has happened to us just because you are ready now to own up and apologize it doesn't mean that that person is ready to even receive the apology and it doesn't mean that they owe it to you to have you back in their so, lives so here's you know? this question that's come through a little for you and it says with many question marks by the way it says what about <laughs> men who are abused i think part of the the duality of life is acknowledging that contradictions coexist right so so accepting and i mean it it took me like year, two years of therapy to really swallow the fact that i can be an abuser and be abused at the same time right mm-hmm. so many of the men who are who are in fact for you to be abusive in the world where did you learn that behavior you can only be abusive if you have been you know so every abuser that every abuser that you encounter is somebody who in some way has been damaged has been oppressed has been ill treated by somebody else right men who are abused exist it is it is a, it's it's a it's a reality and men are abused for many reasons you know there are men in same sex relationships with other men who are being abused there are men who are in relationships with women who are being abused right but i don't want that because men also bring that up to deflect from the abuse that women experience even if we had to count and collate and add up every single man that is being abused in this country it is a fraction percentage wise of the number of women and children who are being abused in our society so yes they exist you know there are abusive women out there there are toxic women out there there are women who take who take their power for granted in 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 many different ways you know i'm not saying that and i'm not say, you don't have to be perfect to be a, a subject of, of, of patriarchy you know what i mean patriarchy hits all of us it hits it hits abusive women it hits misogynistic women it hits feminists it hits everybody right so i think we have to get to a point where we are comfortable with 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 where we're comfortable with contradiction where we have to be comfortable with the fact that abuse being abused and being an abuser coexist in the same matrix right but we cannot use the fact that men are being abused in our, our society to deflect from the fact that South Africa is a toxic environment for women that that has become normal you know men women abusing men is not the reason why we can't walk around at night women abusing men is not the reason why alcohol had to be banned so that men don't get drunk and chop each other up and put each other in ICU every weekend you know what i mean the 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 systemic abuse of women is happening on a scale that far outweighs the men in this society who are being abused you know um but i think men also have to do a lot of deep soul searching as well we don't talk about male rape we don't talk about childhood sexual assault of boys we don't talk about the abuse of boy children you know boy children are as vulnerable as 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 uh, boy children are vulnerable in, in this society by virtue of being children and by virtue of being under the custody of women who are marginalized and who are abused as well in this society you know so these boys are cooked in this environment and then they become men and then they become abusers you know and we almost forget about the boy child who was who was marinated in that environment of abuse and on the receiving end of it and then when men 
become men, they also don't want to talk about this as well, you know? So yeah. I think there's, there's a lot of healing that needs to be done, but men in this society need to take responsibility for their own healing. Stop making women responsible for that work. You are also responsible for it. You are responsible for your mental health, and there are resources available for you to be able to tackle those issues. We're going to have to leave it there. Such powerful words, Lebo Mashile. She is one of the leading voices of the Solidarity Fund's GBV campaign. She's an activist, she's a performer, she's a poet. Um, and she, as I said, is one of the leading voices of the Solidarity Fund's GBV campaign. And if you're a victim of GBV or you know someone who needs help, please contact the National GBV Command Center that operates 24-7. And here's the number, 800 428 and if you're unable to speak, send a please call me by dialing star 120 star 7867 hash. Or you can SMS help to 31531.